All right, give me a quick second. I've, I've just put a tortellini in my mouth. No problem. While you're chewing, we got a little little well, pimp job home run. <laughs> Dude, he gets a lot of hate, but I love him as a ball player. He just goes out and wants to grind. It's just a quick answer that makes it so impressive. Yes. Which we'll oh. talk about in a couple of the other series where just, you know, talk about <laughs> that bad flip. I know. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, you're no, way. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to see if I can, like, reboot it. Hey, everybody, welcome back into Broadway and Clark. Mark and Duncan coming at you on a beautiful Thursday night in St. Louis, Missouri, where we are both enjoying, uh, not together, separately, separated by about 20 miles, the uh, game four, the Ranger, uh, the Rangers, of the Braves Philly series. Uh, Mick Castellanos just hit a homer a couple minutes ago, and we are tied at one in the bottom of the fourth. Spencer Strider's already thrown 67 pitches. So in about a half hour, maybe a little longer, we'll come back and and talk about this series. Uh, Potentially, we will react as things happen live. But, Duncan, we have three series settled. We have the ALCS decided. And what do you think so far of this round of the 2023 MLB playoffs? Yeah, so uh, we'll start. You mentioned the ALCS being locked up, an all-Texas affair, intrastate uh, rivalry um, to decide the AL. I think as a broad... uh, a broad take on it. I think the AL made a big mistake generally, and, and not every single team's fault, but generally the AL made a mistake letting Houston get that um, get that buy and let their pitching reset and everything. They were kind of on the ropes there at the end of the year, finished strong, but um, you know if they had to use their pitchers and not be able to set it up how they wanted to and get that rest and everything that they needed, it could have been a totally different story. And now I think the rest of the AL is is paying for that and saying, ah, crap, we could have, <laughs> we could have taken uh, taken out the Astros. Say they could have been taken out by the Orioles or something like that. That would have been really interesting if the Rangers would have won the the division. So uh, that's a, a really interesting thing. I think just generally, as a broad stroke as well, the Astros they just they have players that just know how to win. And I heard an interesting take. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who it was f- from. It might have been uh, Trevor Plouffe or, or Chris Rose or something like that. But just talking about um, the uh, the Astros just having that siege mentality of everyone being against them ever since uh, the whole cheating scandal. And I think they mentioned there's only three players still on that team since that World Series. But there's something about that team that's just like a us against the world mentality and they expect their guys to perform and they do. And so they've got some kind of 
mental side of the game figured out. I thought that was really uh, interesting how they kind of laid that out. And I was like, yeah, it's, uh, they got a good point there. <laughs> they just have some extra gear that a lot of teams just don't have in the playoffs. I mean, they, when you talk about a guy like Alvarez, it's just, it's crazy. So, but before we get into the seven-time consecutive ALCS participant Houston Astros, who most of us, as much as we may respect them, will be rooting against them um, in favor of the first time in a dozen years Texas Rangers. Let's talk about that series. The Baltimore Orioles, number one seed in the American League, did what appeared was going to be unique this year, but lo and behold, turned out not to be that big, not not to be special, and got themselves swept. And how did they do that? Well, they lost the first two at home, and then it pretty they much sealed the down. deal. Right, they went down to Texas, and they they it was they were out with a whimper, basically, honestly. Um, now there are stark differences between them and the other high seed, the other team coming off a bye that got swept, the LA Dodgers, who we will talk about, you know, in at some length, but the Rangers Orioles. So what did the Rangers do? Well, if you are a fan of uh, Mr. Plouffe and his compadres with um, with Talking Baseball and Baseball Today, the John Boy Media conglomerate, you would have heard that their starters went about uh, had about a two three seven, I believe it was ERA so far in the. I believe it's the postseason. Might have just been this last series. I think it's been the postseason. And their bullpen, lo and behold, their weakness has thrown at a 1.84 ERA clip. Yeah, they turned so, out. And they're mashing. I mean, every time Alvarez comes to the plate, the one game they walked, I think it was game two, they walked. Corey Seager five times. I'm not mad at that, as the kids say. Yeah. Uh, I. They probably should have walked Alvarez as well, and as it turns out, Abreu. I would have taken my chances against the other six hitters in that lineup, honestly. I mean, other than Altuve, who is just a freak, Bregman didn't hit that much in the series. Um, Wait, I mean, did you jump I, over to the, the Astros and Twins now? Oh, how did I do that? <laughs> Sorry. I just completely I, – I, I, yeah, thank you. I was I like, did, did I just zone out for too long? <laughs> did, you, did you just uh, – did you just – did I just give you an editing uh, thing that you didn't want? You can – it's easy. You can just knock out about three minutes there and it's all good. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll repeat myself later. But anyway, the uh, 
Yeah, what did the Rangers do? They just mashed, right? Um, uh, Corey Seager, who does play for the Rangers, did get walked five times. Um, but it wasn't because of Jordan, Jordan Alvarez or Jose Altuve. Um, and don't ask me why I just said that, but I did. Um, no, they have a young player, much like uh, the other team that swept, that snuck into the postseason, that wasn't supposed to be here necessarily. Although I think Texas, obviously, with their start to the season, uh, their staff early on, but not so much in the playoffs because of injury, uh, they, uh, you know, they were out of the gate. But I guess that's right. The other team we're going to talk about, the Diamondbacks, were in the same exact position. They were the two best teams in the first two or three months of the season, right? So, anyway, what happened? I already talked about their pitching. Uh, Jordan Montgomery and uh, Nathan Eovaldi, who pitched the clincher the other night, he, which seems like a, a month ago, but I think it was Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. He, um, uh, both of them went seven, uh, seven, I think they were both seven shut. They were both seven shut out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they both went seven full innings. Out of the rest of the other, um, I guess, what is that, eight, 12, 11 teams in the playoffs, I don't think there were more than two or three other starts of that kind of length. I think Nola might have had one um, and so on. I think, uh, you know, a couple of them did, maybe Burns that one game. But the point is, is that their starting pitching was just good enough or was really good. Now, you say, well, you know, is it chicken or the egg? Did the Orioles not hit or did the Rangers pitch? I would argue the Rangers pitched, and it was two guys, right? Although – they had to start game one of this series, which is exactly what how it's supposed to work out for all the haters, all the people that don't think they should be able to, you know, uh, that they should have to play only a five-game set. There's some merit maybe to that argument. At least it's worth a discussion. Um, I don't think there's much argument at all that, uh, that the layoff hurts teams. Uh but it is possible that the continued play may help others. And it certainly appears, I mean, it's obviously based on results. Uh, the two teams that were kind of the last two in the playoffs this year were, um, you know, were the ones that uh, did not suffer one bit and, in fact, thrived. So the Rangers hit the ball like hell. Uh, they fielded, but I don't know that there was anything super outstanding about that. What do you think of that series? What did you, I mean, obviously we got to talk about the Orioles and we got to talk about their struggles, but what, any, any, uh, observations just on the play on the field? What do you think? Yeah. So I think, I think you're right on as far as Rangers hitting or Rangers. Well, they did hit for sure, but the Rangers pitching and that was really what, uh, sealed the deal in this series. I mean, the Orioles did score eight in game two, uh, but that game was, uh, what was it, nine? It was 9-2 uh, by the end of the third inning, so it's not like 
it was a close game the whole time and just like a barn burner. So, um, you know, the Orioles just kind of kept chipping away two in the fourth, one in the fifth, and then they scored three in the ninth to make it look a little bit more respectable. But that game was much more out of reach way before that. And some, you know, those three of the eight runs being kind of garbage time a little bit. Um, but generally Texas, Texas controlled that series uh, from a pitching perspective. I think truly kind of like the perfect example of pitching wins in the playoffs kind of a thing. Um, and which was really impressive uh, through all three of their games uh, with all of their starting pitching uh, for sure. Uh, and then also, like you mentioned with, uh, the relief pitching as well showing up, uh, which was less than, uh, or w- which was not expected really, uh, by a lot of people. I mean, especially this first, the first game going Andrew Heaney three and two thirds, and then Dane Dunning for two, and then basically going to, uh, your bullpen, uh, the rest of the bullpen after that, uh, that for game one, game two, uh, seeing Monty, uh, going not his best outing ever, uh, but you know four four innings there, and then your bullpen closes that out. Uh, a little bit less impressive from a pitching perspective, like I said, but the offense showed up so much in that game that it didn't really matter that much. Um, but then Nathan Eovaldi just uh, showing everybody that he is an absolute elite pitcher, particularly in the playoffs. He's been very good, especially like going back to his time even in Tampa Bay before he was even in Boston. Uh, he was always really good. Uh, you know, seven innings pitch, one earned seven Ks um, in that last game to just absolutely shut the door. And uh, truly, like we mentioned, after those first two games, losing at home for Baltimore, having to go on the road and trying to win three straight, you're kind of pressing that extra little bit, and it was always going to be tough running uphill. Uh, fighting that uphill battle to try to get back into it. So um, I think the experience prevailed. The youth really showed as far as the the Orioles go. But I think that uh, all this is going to be great, a great baseline for them in the next one, two, three, five years as far as the postseason goes uh, in the future. Um, but as far as like the Rangers um, – pitching and hitting and everything they are i think it's been well documented now if you follow a lot of the baseball outlets and those kind of things but the rangers have been one of the one of the streakiest teams all year in multiple uh stretches of you know five six wins and then five six losses something like that and they're very very streaky so now's their hot time and that (coughs) excuse me uh that lineup can really hit so you know, when they're hot, they're hot. But that worries me if I'm a Rangers fan that maybe halfway through the CS or in the World Series, all of a sudden they go ice cold and you look like Cardinals circa 2019 against the Nats. Uh, and as I'm saying, that Trey Turner just goes absolute tank job into left field, uh, put the Phillies up 2-1. So here's a little live update for you guys. Uh, live update for us. You're listening to it later. Little 104 off the bat, 403 feet. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. These fans are going to lose. You talk about a weekend of partying. Oh my lord, it's going to be crazy. 
You know, and you know the cops are out there greasing those light poles so nobody climbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, and Philly will will uh, they'll host, so they'll have uh, they'll have Zona at the house. That's on wild. Sunday, I or no, is that Monday? No, the AL starts Monday. I think the NL might start Sunday, but don't don't hold me to that I haven't looked at it since like three hours ago. So. Hey, not too many days off, and that's always a great thing in October for baseball. So, blame it on blame it on old age, but yeah, but they're definitely <laughs> hosting. There's no doubt about that. If they if they're able to survive and close this out uh, tonight or tomorrow, um, they've got the momentum. They got they got big mo on their side right now, and they got maybe the uh, series MVP at the dish right now. Um. Yeah, he was intentionally walked. He singled, talking about Mr. Harper. And, you know, Strider's struggling to find the zone. He's at 76 pitches. That might be a little bit of an overstatement, struggling to find the zone. But he's he's just not quite as sharp. Yeah. Uh, he does throw the ball hella, as the kids also say. He just That was 98. <laughs> You really, <laughs> you're really trying to find that youthful, uh, that youthful. Yeah, well, you know, I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hip, but I don't like to over, I don't like to overplay it. There you go. Anyway, back to the, back to the playoffs, uh, and our, uh, impressions, uh, you know, quick couple minutes on the Orioles. I agree. Amazing season. Number one seed in the league, hundred wins, First division win in a number of years. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, um, you know, Mullins probably, you know, is good for a few, you know, another couple of years probably. Uh, like 30, roughly 30 other teams, 29 other teams, whatever. Uh, they probably could use a few arms. Not probably. They definitely need a few arms. Yeah, uh, it's hard to quantify something. You know, you can't prove a negative, as they say. But not having Bautista, you know, I don't. I mean, obviously, it really didn't play in uh, in the Texas series. But you know, probably mentally, that that was a little something for him. Uh, but you know, great great season. Uh, but they just. They came up short. They could not hit the baseball. Um, and again, like we said, chicken or the egg, Texas's pitching was at least in two of the three games. You're right now. But that's the thing. Texas on any given night can just outslug you. Yep. So, you know, you talk about an eight spot. You talk about the quietest eight runs scored in the history of the postseason. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, they were down what? They were down five or six going into the ninth. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, well, they scored three. Who cares? Nobody. Um, so, anyway, bottom line, great season by them, but they're sitting at home watching. Now, the only thing left to talk about regard, uh, relative to that is, and I love Bohm. He just he wears it all out on his sleeve. But uh, the only thing... You know, the only last thing to say about that, I think, is help or hurt. Like, is it true that, 
you know, you got to lose before you can win. I, I, I tend to lean toward the, you know, any playoff experience is good experience. 100%. Obviously, yeah, obviously you want to, you know, your rookie year, uh, you know, come in and win the whole thing. Doesn't happen very often, right? It's pretty rare. And even if you do, uh, I'll, uh, you may a, never get uh, there again. Yeah, a Cal Jr. or somebody like that, you know, you might never see the World Series again after that, right? So, uh, anyway, uh, your thoughts. How, how do you feel about the experience? You know, somebody was, I think it was Wayne O, whoever, maybe AJ. Uh, uh, no, they didn't have that series. Um, I forget who, who was the color man on that series. Um but whoever it was, somebody was making the comment that does this, you know, that, that you'll, you'll, you'll really learn about these young studs who, for the most part in their lives, have, haven't had a whole lot of adversity, right? I mean, they're baseball players, so they're used to failing about 75% of the time or 70% of the time. But that's normal. You know, that's, that's expected. Uh, I don't think any Oriole expect it to sit at home and watch the wild card round and then come just get their asses handed to them uh, to use a technical term. So, uh, but I don't think it hurts. And I do agree with the idea that, uh, you know, you do learn something about people when they go through that kind of adversity. Yeah. I mean, I think they're only going to be better for it. Uh, it's only going to pay dividends later, um, and definitely better for them to to be in this position versus uh, you know missing out on the playoffs by two three games or something like that and just missing out because um, that I mean that's valuable experience too to you know figure out how you're going to not miss the playoffs in the future. But that's only getting into the playoffs, uh, so they've got that postseason experience. What it takes. Uh, how it's different from the regular season, those kind of things, even just media stuff like that kind of stuff, um, and how you gotta, you know, mentally block that out to play the game, those kind of things. So uh, they'll be better for it, but uh, yeah. The, uh, I think the uh, uh, one thing that I always forget until we're in the middle of it again is just the insanity of the crowd and you know how many games have those young Orioles played in a major league uniform you know with that beautiful orange and black how many have they played where the just the atmosphere was that juiced you know and and so just for that alone you know it's a it's it's a good experience but uh, like I said, kudos to them. Texas moves on. They're going to have, you know, Eovaldi if they want to go with him in game one. Uh, and I do remember it's Sunday because I remember conversation about uh, that this option that they have that uh, uh, Bochy has. They can, he can choose to go with either he, uh, either Nathan or Jordan. Um you know, it's it's now we move to seven games, and you know who's got the better number three. We can talk about that a little bit. I don't know that we want to do too much of a deep dive on Texas Houston, 
but probably not tonight. You know, we'll do another one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. It will. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to share? Are you any other thoughts that you would like to uh, offer on Texas Baltimore? Nothing really about the game or anything like that, but just otherwise, just big ups to uh, to Monty, rooting for him now in the CS, especially with it being against the Strohs, hoping for more success for him in the playoffs. Um, and honestly, hoping, hoping for a return a little bit for him uh, to St. Louis after that. Maybe he can bring a ring to St. Louis and lead the way for us next October. I love the way you're speaking that into existence. That's you're right. Just- <laughs> You're like you're like you're like a bad rash. You just won't go away with it, and I appreciate that. And uh, we, you know, we wish him all the luck. Maybe not a ton too much more luck because, good lord, how big is that paycheck going to be at this point? Um, it's going to be yeah. good. But if he can continue it, then he can continue it. <laughs> he can continue yeah, it with you're, us. You're, you're happy to pay <laughs> if you're going to get that kind of performance. Yeah, absolutely, year. yeah. Um. Okay, so why don't we uh, move over and talk about Houston versus the Minnesota Twins, who I would argue, I think it's a reasonable, fair argument, they were the closest losers, right? And I think the stats obviously uh, bear that out. But they just came up a little bit short. You know, the, the, the value of Ryan Presley the value of a Impressive. guy that just ends the, you know, ends the game after eight. I mean, it's, it's almost, and it looked like, was it just last night? Yeah, it was just last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it appeared that uh, he was struggling, especially early in, uh, in, in the inning, you know, the first couple hitters, but, he got it together, made big pitches when he needed to, and I think at the end of the day he struck out all. Did he strike out all three guys? I forget. But um, anyway, the point is, Minnesota had a good plan. I thought they executed relatively well, but again, this is another example of a team whose bats. You know, we're just, they just weren't there. They didn't, they pitched okay. I mean, other than, I guess, that middle game, Houston didn't score a ton of runs. But yeah, I think, I think for this, I think this was a great example of, um, I think baseball generally is a, is a, a particularly in the playoffs, is a story about, momentum and storyline and those kind of things where like you can almost just like see something happening before it does. Now don't get me wrong, there are a lot of things that happen that you absolutely don't see coming. A la David Freeze game six. Uh, but you could you could see the momentum move in there anyways. But regardless, um there's a lot of things that happen that you can kind of like see coming and I think this was a perfect series uh, to kind of just like explain that where you could just see the twins were kind of, I mean, they were riding on their pitching and they were riding on Royce Lewis, just hitting home runs. And you cannot rely on that for three, four, five games in a series like that. 
Um, and you could tell, particularly in the latter two games of that series, that his swing was getting really long and he was just trying to launch the ball versus just trying to get through the ball like Matt Holiday and just, you know, hitting line drives, hitting doubles. Yeah. <coughs> and you could see he was just really reaching for it, uh, really trying to extend himself. And, you know, it was causing, you know, pops up, pop-ups and flares and ground balls and those kind of things or strikeouts. Um, and they were playing less fundamentally sound baseball and just trying to rely on that. So I think they've got they have a very good team, um, but they have some some work to do to kind of improve incrementally in some of those spots so that overall they may have a big enough improvement to really make some noise uh, next postseason. And I could see them getting to like the CS next year uh, if they could replace Sonny Gray because he's probably not going to be there uh, anymore. Uh, if Carlos, Carlos Correa, I'd have to look at his um, contract and see what it was because he was potentially going to be going to the Giants and then to the Mets, uh, and that didn't no, work they, out. Went back signed, to the Twins. I don't I know. They signed him for at least for multiple seasons. Okay, uh, that's we'll, why I wasn't we'll sure verify, if it was just a one year or if it was multiple. Yeah, we'll so verify that down the road. But I think they gave him his money. Yeah. Uh, for you know, they gave him the best deal that was available to him at the time. Okay. Because you remember the the whole. You know the the injury and uh, yeah, you know there was just there was some doubt and when they stepped up, some people were you know clucking their tongue, tongues a little bit. But uh, obviously, uh, he showed out. Uh, uh, Lewis, I agree. He was uh, he was trying to hit some uh, five run homers a couple times. Yeah, but he's, he's pure. He's He's got a lot of talent. He does. I think, and big ups to him for the, what was it, three home runs total that he had in the in the series, and just that series, uh, on top oh, yeah, of whatever he, he did in the no, he, wild card. Tried. When you look at the games, uh, game one was 6-4. It was 4-3 uh, was forever. And then, uh, was that Jordan again? I forget who it was. I think it was seventh or eighth in, inning. Uh, Houston tacks on two to make it six three, I believe, and you know it was kind of that was it. I mean Minnesota got one more, so that one finishes six four. Um, and then game two, the Twins come right back. Uh, I don't think we there's enough we can say about Pablo Lopez and his performance. Phenomenal, uh, absolutely shame phenomenal. On, shame on me for for forgetting his seven innings oh my lord he was <laughs> filthy speaking of, of Pablo Lopez too did you see this I think it was ended up being a different uh, I think it was game three or four but did you see the moment uh, before one of the games with Johan Santana and Pablo Lopez I didn't see it I heard about it yeah Talk about it. beautiful it was so cool so apparently Johan Santana is Pablo Lopez is like idol childhood idol loved him growing up of course pitched with the twins uh so he comes out to throw the first pitch Joe Mauer is there to catch the first pitch and Pablo Lopez was gonna catch one too since uh Santana is his idol all this kind of stuff um and there was a game I want to say previous to that uh where Pablo Lopez was wearing 
Johan Santana's jersey uh, before or after game. I can't remember the situation, but he was wearing or wearing Santana's jersey before just because he loved him so much. So uh, Johan, San- Johan Santana comes out with uh, a jacket on, goes out to the mound. Pablo Lopez comes out. He's all smiles, all this. Uh, Johan takes off his jacket. He's got a Pablo Lopez jersey on uh, and throws out the first pitch in a Pablo Lopez jersey, which as a player, obviously I'm not a player, so I don't know exactly what that would feel like. But, I mean, just thinking about myself as a child and you see, like, one of your childhood idols like that standing in front of you wearing your own jersey, that's, I mean, I can't think of anything else that would be more just, like, jaw dropping in the moment just be like this isn't real life right now like this is the coolest thing i've ever experienced i mean like you, well, i don't know if you saw that yeah go ahead go ahead i was gonna say the best outing for a twins pitcher in the postseason since his idol i think they're venezuelan if i'm not mistaken both of them uh which by the way tonight we had uh uh, Ranger Suarez versus uh, which um, Brave, one of the Braves, I believe, are also both Venezuelan. So uh, good on oh, Venezuela. Arcia, who, yeah. Yeah, Arcia, who's not the uh, uh, who's not the most represented Latin country in the no. MLB, but uh, uh, getting plenty of shine in this uh, division series round. Yeah, Pablo was amazing, Uh, comes from two docs, just his whole story's uh, amazing. You know, here's the other thing about our sport that is so beautiful, is that every every kind of player is represented. And they can, you know, who knows who who are, you know, who are going to be buds, who knows who, you know, a guy sits three, you know, three lockers down from me in the clubhouse. And other than baseball, you have literally zero in common. But the the beauty of the game brings you together. And uh, Pablo apparently is, he's kind of otherworldly. There's been plenty of guys like him in the past. Um, our old friend, uh, uh, What's the kid's name from uh, who's is his career over now? Now I don't know the Cardinal who uh, whose mom got sick and died from California. I believe he went to Stanford. Yeah, Piscotti, um, Stephen Piscotti. Yeah, Stephen Piscotti. Uh, you know another guy, Stanford guy. I believe they said did Lopez go to Princeton? I don't know, but anyway, point is that. Just an amazing outing by him. Uh, Their bullpen was fine. You know, like I said, they gave up two runs. They gave up two, three, six, and nine. Well, six and nine, those are crooked numbers, no doubt about it. Uh, But the problem was the game they gave up three, they only scored two, right? And the game they gave up six, they, they got to four, but... That was their, you know, other than the game they won 6-2, that was their other high watermark. So just a little bit short. Uh, and now let's talk about the seven time. Uh, I, I just want to give a little bit more love. Uh, Kirloff, 
I don't know. Is he, is he going to be a star? Is he going to wind up just being a serviceable major league player? I think that remains to be seen. I think Julian um, absolutely has an opportunity to be, you know, very strong for a while. Uh, who else do we like in that lineup? Um, behind the dish, you know. Kyle Farmer looks good. Look good. Uh, don't they have, uh, what's his name, Walner or Walter? Is, or yep, is that Walner. A, yeah, Walner. I think he's potentially, you know, can take a – can take a step. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt Lewis is going to be a stud. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. And, of course, Correa is bona fide. I didn't realize until they were putting the stats up that he's now third all-time, and he's not that old, Duncan. Third all-time in postseason RBI. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Which, one, that shows you how good he's been in the postseason, but – also shows how how many times both the Astros and Twins then now have been in the postseason for him to have that many opportunities as well. Yeah, he's one of those players that doesn't know anything but the playoff. It's insane. Uh, but anyway, yeah, great season by the Twins. Uh, I like Baldelli. I kind of liked him as a player, but uh, even more impressed with him as a manager. Uh, I just feel good about the team. Uh, like you said, they got to replace Sonny Gray. We'll talk more about them in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your seven-time consecutive ALCS reps, uh, the Houston Astros with arguably the scariest hitter uh, in baseball, certainly in postseason baseball. Uh, I mean, just – Jerry Jordan. First pitch, swinging, home run, hitting, Jose Altuve. Everybody's everybody's like, why would you throw him a strike? And it's like, whatever. Jose Abreu has a 680 OPS in the regular season, proceeds to hit three homers, I believe it was, in the series. Just, I mean, they just, you know, they got – they got a guy who's hitting about a buck eighty behind the plate, but it doesn't matter because he handles the staff so well. I mean, what do you say? They got a hundred and fifty-year-old manager who I really got a kick out of Dusty's comments at the end of the game when he's like, "Yeah, I get, I got my buddy Bruce," and uh, I mean, are, are they both? They're both in their seventies, I believe. I don't know if Bochy's quite seventy, but. They're both older gentlemen. Oh, yeah. And, uh, People uh, thought Bochy was done after retiring from the Giants. Yeah, he was out. He didn't even, didn't even, wasn't even, wasn't in, I don't think in any capacity, probably some kind of a special assistant or something. Yeah, advisor. Uh, for, for the whole year. I guess that was 21 or 22. Um, so anyway, just, you know, the game one. They don't – I mean, they only give up uh, the uh, – well, but it was well, – was it 2 nothing or 3 nothing twins? I oh, think it was – Oh, my. All right, pause, pause. What would he do? Castellanos tank job times two. Ray, no Philly's way. up 3-1. He's taking over this game. 
I don't know. I don't know if they score three runs, honestly, because they already got a little length out of Suarez. If they, I mean, if they get to the bull, I mean, the bullpen's not lights out for Philly, but when you've got what six guys you can bring in, yeah, and what's to stop them from bringing one of those uh, starters that's not starting now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, actually, oh, with Spencer Strider's yelling into his glove now, walking off the mound. They're taking him out. Castellanos no, that, just has his number. That is crazy. Look at that swing. Goodbye. He almost has that, like, griffy length in his swing as he goes around, but from the right side. Just that extension and the high follow-through. I mean, when not, that ball not quite as pretty, his, but when his bat, he looked like uh, he looked like Scotty Scheffler or Bryson. Yeah, yeah. Scotty you know, does have that huge high follow through with the golf swing. <laughs> wow, look at this! Just crazy. Okay, well, we'll see what happens here. All right, sorry, uh, sidetracked. No, no, no. That's that's what that's. That's uh, podding during uh, during live action. That's what that's all about. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the Astros seven in a row. <clears throat> yeah, like you said, only three players left from the 2017 cheaters. Now, two of those players are two of the I don't know 15 best players in the league, 20 best players in the league, and Altuve and Bregman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got some guy by the name of Justin Verlander, who's put a nice career together. Uh, very nice career. Yeah, uh, left the team for a short spell, came back. But but I was going to say earlier, his start was not, well, let me restate that. We all remember what happened. They had him on the ropes in the first inning, I believe. Wound up, I think it was 2 nothing, wasn't it, after the first and and then he proceeds to turn in a six, I believe it was six or six point one. Uh, you know, only those two runs. Maybe he scattered six or seven hits. It was not his best start by any stretch, but the Twins couldn't jump on it. So you expect his next start in the in the CS is going to be better, don't you? I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, his line that he had, it was six innings, no earned, six Ks for oh, Verlander. So am, I, am I confusing him with, uh, with what game did he pitch? Was that game one? Am I confusing that was, him? Yeah, I think that was I'm one. Confusing Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, that was game one. I think uh, you might be thinking of game two with Framber because they scored one. one in the first, two in the second. That's right. It was three nothing, and I'm probably confusing it with Minnesota in the uh, wild card round. But uh, yeah, so Verlander, I know what it was. I think they either had two on one out or something like that in the first. They had him a little nervy, and they got nothing out of it, as you mentioned. And then he proceeded to just roll off six innings, yeah. which you know at his age. Just super impressive. And again, so 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 forget about a better performance. Give me a repeat, right? 
Um, and you can cut out that garbage I said about his about him a second ago. Uh, next thing on the Astros is they. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously Alvarez is special. Where they got him from, I have no idea. Uh, Abreu, 680, like we said in the regular season, looked to be uh, kind of a waste of money, frankly. You know, uh, you know, uh, Father Time, when he comes for you, there's nothing you can do. And a lot of people thought maybe that was what was happening. What's Jose, 36, I believe? Um, yeah, he's so, right up there. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's any day now. I mean, it always is when you're that age. Uh, but just outstanding the last couple games. They hit the long ball like crazy. I mean, I don't know what else is there to say about them. Where are yeah. they? Weak? Where are their weaknesses? I mean, uh, uh, they can't, you know, uh, uh, who they got, uh, Maldonado, right? He can't hit at all. And But they don't need him to. Well, that was, a, that was a question I had because of the three teams that have already advanced, uh, and you could say the same about the Phillies who look like they may be, you know, kind of getting close to being on the brink. They all have at least one player that cannot hit. You know, maybe not so much Arizona, but they, you know, they're they're happy to run out guys that can't that don't give them anything offensively because of their stellar defense. You got Rojas. Uh, even Atlanta has got. Uh, the guy at the end of their order, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. And so my question to you is this. Is it proper, do you do you believe in the strategy that if I have a plus-plus defender, I put him in the lineup with full confidence because I want that, I want that superior D, even if I know I'm looking at you know, a one for four with a single, I'm feeling good about. That's a really tough one. One, it depends, I think, on the position, yeah. uh, defensive position. Two, I think it depends on what the rest of your lineup looks like and if you can compensate for that. So for like with the Astros, if you have Jordan Alvarez – then you can compensate for that a little bit. But yep. you do also, it comes with a risk, uh, especially, particularly in the playoffs, coming up in a situation, say you have, uh, say you're down one, it's the eighth inning, um, you got second and third, two outs. And that batter, whoever it is, is coming up, and they're not a good offensive threat, but they're a plus-plus defender. What do you do? Because you don't want to pinch hit for them because then you're out that defense. Uh, but you also have a decent likelihood of them striking out, grounding out, flying out, and not getting either of those one or two runs in. And now you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot in the playoffs versus over 162, it's all going to even out, and it's going to be a good call to have them in there. Yep. 
I think I agree. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, every situation is going to be unique. Um, you're, you know, uh, one of the first questions I'm going to ask is, what does your bench look like? Yeah. But we know in the modern game, you're really looking at five bench players and one of those, or four in some cases, uh, and one of those is a catcher, backup catcher. Sometimes the backup catcher's got a little pop. Uh, who is it in uh, Houston? Is it Diaz? Is that his name? Um, I don't know anything about his, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, his um, stick, but I don't think it's anything to write home about. Um, you know, I don't know who Atlanta's fourth and fifth outfielders are. I guess, uh, you know, because today in the modern game with the DH everywhere, uh, that guy's always going to be a hitter because that's the position. They don't play defense. But in almost every case, you really don't want to put that guy in the field, right? And so it, it changes the strategy. It changes roster construction. And I, I, I'm not sure that the luxury of an all-D, no-hit no player um, is, is as viable as it may have been, say, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah, so anyway, uh, but the Astros sure have gotten away with it. Um, oh, yeah. I'd say the only other uh, thing on the Astros that I want to make sure I touch on is yeah. just a nice shout-out for uh, Christian Javier, who uh, I fortunately or unfortunately had on my fantasy team this year, so I got a an up-close personal look at his season this year, which was not great. Uh, he was expected for, like, a big breakout this year, a high strikeout guy, um, expected somewhere around 200Ks, that kind of a thing. Uh, ended up this year with a 10-5 and five season, 4-5-6 ERA, and 159Ks. So not a great season for a guy who was really uh, looking to make a big step forward, but in Game 3 against the Twins in the postseason now, absolutely stepped up going five innings, no earned, nine Ks, and just absolutely shut down the Twins. Now, the Twins did have some big chances, men on base, uh, opportunities for some scoring, but they just couldn't do anything in any of those times that came up. Uh, Javier just kind of shut it down with a K or a timely ground out, whatever the case was, but somehow, some way, found himself out of that jam every single time. So big ups to him after a shaky, shaky season. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what he keeps doing in the CS and everything, too, if he can keep that up or if that was just kind of a one-time thing feeling good or something like that for that day. So, Well, what he really did great in that game was he went ahead and had his offense, you know, stake him a 7-0 lead or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, that helps. Always helpful. Yeah. Um, but, no, no, agreed, agreed. That's But that's... That's kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? I mean, last year we thought he was ready to be, you know, a, a 1A, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, after the season he had. 
and, you know, took them. I mean, arguably, there was he their best pitcher in the playoffs last year? It was probably Framber. But anyway, the point is, is or was Framber hurt last year in the playoffs? Uh, he, um, uh, you know, bad year this year by any measure. But he's an Astro. And when they get to the postseason, they're just like. They got an extra gear. There are no Clayton Kershaws on this roster. No. We just win baseball games in, in October. It's what we do. And Segway. So, you know, it's just, just incredible. Uh, I, they're, they're pretty easy to hate. Uh, never have been a fan of their kit. Don't like the uniform. Uh, haven't been super fond of many of their players, although Alvarez is amazing. Uh, Kyle Tucker, about, love him. Yeah, we talked about all field, little hit. Uh, unfortunately, or, you know, who knows, but at least for his sophomore campaign, Jeremy Pena wasn't able to, you know, to follow up his rookie season with uh, much at the plate and uh, hasn't done a whole lot in the postseason so far. Uh, but has made a couple of um, you know outstanding plays short. I was going to say, so, yeah, big glove. I mean, the Battle of Texas is what we got coming. I don't, I don't know anybody in America that believes in, you know, that isn't favoring Houston. But as soon as I say that, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, Washington Nationals. 2011 St. Louis Cardinals, uh, 20, you know, I mean, the Texas Rangers, you know, the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And uh, it's it's a story as old as the game. Just it's hard to bet against in. the hot team. Just get me in the dance, Daddy. That's all I'm asking for. And uh, however... I mean, I'm going to say it at my own peril. I just think you got to believe that the Astros are going back to the World Series. I, I, I mean, it's what's hard the to scenario? bet against them. The scenario is they have a because who starts Game One? Is it Verlander? Is that how it goes? Probably, yeah. So let's say Verlander turns into you know 41 or whatever he is. Uh, year old Justin Verlander and you know while he might be married to one of the most beautiful women her age in America he uh he starts to you know I mean he's a little puffy if you're looking at Justin close uh never did consider him to be the most attractive gentleman out on the field and uh you know he he kind of gets that little pasty look going when he starts getting hot which by the way Jordan uh Jordan Alvarez that dude sweats buckets. He must lose 15 pounds a game. It's insane. But uh, uh, there's some NBA players like that. It just always makes me chuckle. But um, he, uh, you know, so he has a bad outing. And somehow they steal game one. And even though it's these are road games, what are we talking about? Dallas to Houston, right? I mean, they could literally take a bus if they wanted to. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. 
but that's the, the only scenario I see. Somehow Texas steals game one. Uh, Monty gives at least one really good performance. And they continue to mash. I mean, was it Mitch Garver? Is that who hit the granny? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that are not, you know, they're not the top of any leaderboards during the regular season uh, in terms of offense, right? But yeah, but they're good players. Well, and they're all guys that at any given at-bat can go oppo, can go yard, can just – hit the snot out of the ball and you know you know how it is some some batters go to the plate and you're like if everything goes right maybe a double in the gap everything goes right but some of these guys they can make a mistake but just get enough of a ball and they have just enough strength maybe they strike out you know two times out of every five or whatever it is but if they just get a little bit of it, they can put it over the fence. And I think Texas has like five guys like that. Right? Oh, yeah. They, they've got some hitters on that team. We'll save and some what? of those thoughts for our preview episode that will come out uh, in a little while, too. We'll go yeah, through more right. of that. You're right. You're right. I was going a little crazy <laughs> on that ALCS. So that's the AL. That's the AL. That's what happened. Uh, those two teams are playing Sunday. They just showed the graphics. At uh, seven our time, I believe seven seven o'clock Sunday night. Yep. All right. Last so you you, you last, led us with a little segue there with Kershaw. Let's get right into that. Yeah, last finished up series. Uh, today, you know, Texas might want to lay claim to this, but I don't know. Uh, is it is it the Arizona Diamondbacks? The uh, the lovable snakes, as they're uh, as they're referred to by the faithful, um, with you know, if Evan Carter is the breakout rookie in the AL, well, we know who it is in the NL. And uh, do we ever? Not, yeah, has not disappointed. But this is really the. I mean, is this a story of the Diamondbacks' ascension? Or is it just an utter collapse of the Los Angeles Dodgers? Uh, without taking any credit away from the D-backs, I've got to say it's more of the collapse of the Dodgers. The D-backs are playing phenomenal baseball right now, but I think they're almost like a year too soon kind of team um, where everything's clicking right now for sure, uh, but I don't know if that's fully sustained yet. Uh, their pitching has been so good, but I think definitely more so of a Dodgers collapse. I mean, you look at over the three-game sweep, uh, the Diamondbacks outscored the Dodgers in uh, what the Diamondbacks scored in game one, outscored the Dodgers in all three games. 11 runs for the Diamondbacks in game ones. Over the three games, uh, the Dodgers scored six. My Just absolutely stat. ridiculous. My favorite stat of this series, three so three game sweep as we all know, the three Dodger starters, a total of four and a third pitched, thirteen earned. Wow. I it was when you I, add I, it up I mean, like that. There's, there's just stat after stat. The top four batters in the Dodgers order, 
One for sixteen. Like one, I was gonna say one for something. Yeah. One is not gonna get it done. And, and oh, by the way, oh for twelve. One, two, and three. Which what are we talking about there? A billion dollars in in contracts? Uh, yeah. Probably. What is that? That's got to be somewhere north of seventy-five million dollars a year. Oh, absolutely north of that. Probably north of 80, 85. So just a complete and utter collapse. I mean, nothing, zero. You know, everybody wants to talk about the margins. Everybody wants to talk about Kike Hernandez and Colton Wong and, you know, all these other guys that, you know, when you have the some of the most expensive players in the game, yeah, I get it. But the reason you have those guys is because you've got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez. I mean, it's – I don't know. I mean, Clayton Kershaw – everybody keeps saying Clayton Kershaw, first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think I can argue that. I think the, the, you know, the, the totality of his career and his stats – Mm-hmm. You know, make it make it pretty indisputable. But if you if you took the name if you if you erase the names and put up uh, you know Clayton Kershaw versus hell I don't know Jaime Garcia or somebody and showed their postseason records you're like oh well Jaime is obviously a better pitcher you know uh, it's just yeah it's, it's just, there's it's, something about that postseason with Kershaw's. It's got to be like a mental thing, a mental block or something, putting pressure on himself. I don't know, but um, there's part of me that feels bad for him. But, uh, I mean, the Cardinals were one of the teams that did it to him, you know. Uh, We were one of the teams that, you know, put him, you know, dug him in that hole. Um, And then he's been trying to get out of that ever since. Oh, yeah, Um, a couple, three times we did it to him. Yeah, Matt Adams, Colton Wong. I mean, yeah. Um, but you think about you think about uh, Kershaw and what we talked about uh, last episode when we were previewing the series. We even said, "All right, game one, Kershaw's pitching. He's been bad in the playoffs. If they if he goes out and lays an egg, the Dodgers are going to be thinking, oh, crap, we're in trouble because the rest of their pitching is kind of up in the air after that.'" Kershaw was really their one bona fide guy left after that. And you saw well, that with it's, it's their games two and three. It's all about injury. And, yeah. you know, again, when you can outspend, you know, half the rest of the league by over $100 million a year in salary, then, you know, you should be able to get past a lot of that because you can buy your way out of it. Um, however... You know, Gavin Lux never, I don't think he played an inning all season. Uh, Obviously, Urias getting hurt late. Uh, Dustin May, did he miss the whole year? Uh, Walker Bueller. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I get it. Those, those uh, Those are all reasons. But the guys that were healthy and available failed. And yep. mass, and mass. I mean, were any of those games close? I guess the last one, but it was four nothing. They scored two in the sixth. I guess it was, 
and then it was like, eh. Yeah, yeah the last maybe. two were four to two, but. Yeah, maybe. You know, you're like, can they make, can they come back? You know, I don't know. Why would I expect that? They haven't done it. Um, right. In the first two games, they just got, it was, I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think they do anything. I mean, get guys healthy, obviously. Uh, like every team in baseball, you know, go get another arm. Um, but I heard Dave Roberts' interview. Uh, you know, who I think's been a good manager. Like I said, he's probably been around as long as anybody at this point. Um. He's like, I got to find a way to get the guys ready. I mean, how can you blame him? He's rolling out there, you know, all-stars, MVPs, former MVPs, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, what else is a guy supposed to do? You got to come right. up with some brilliant strategy so that you, you know, you stop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like what? He's yeah. got to go up to Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and be like, you guys, you know, you really got to be locked in. It's like, no, we pay you whatever your, you know, contract is at $30 million a year. You find a way to get yourself locked in. You're a professional. You know, like, that's that shouldn't be Dave Roberts' job. But I mean, let's take our $200-plus-million-a-year payroll and let's say, oh, it's not enough of an advantage that we win 100 games or 99, whatever it was. We uh, we should also have even more advantage as a division winner with one of the two best records, and you know make it even less of a chance for the eighty four whatever it was win Arizona Diamondbacks to come in and and do what they did. So, uh, but you know no no love loss here in St. Louis for the Dodgers. And uh, no, uh, you know, no more excuses. I mean, you're done. You're you're home. You're in the same position, the Cardinals and the Royals and the Nationals, you know, and the Athletics and all the rest of the bums of the season are in. And as a matter of fact, they won the same number of games in the postseason as St. Louis did this year which was a big fat goose egg. Uh, Philly just got out of a bases loaded jam after making Huge. that. It was either one or two pitching changes that inning. And now we go to the middle of the seventh, which means Atlanta's down to their last six outs, uh, down two runs. And who's to say Philly doesn't have two more in them. Now here's an example. Their, their stud, uh, Center fielder Rojas just went and got a ball that was pretty well hit. Uh, Kimbrell in in the seventh, by the way. So I guess he'll probably they'll probably bring him back out see how much of the eighth he can do before they go to uh, the closer. But um, anyway, yeah, sad. Too bad. So sad. L.A. Uh, let's let's put about three to five minutes in on our Diamondbacks. Uh, Merrick Kelly. Um, what'd you think? So what, just, just give me your general impressions. I don't know that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about the Diamondbacks generally. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't, uh, done a ton this year to make people really, 
um, jump on the bandwagon or anything yet until the postseason happened. Um, loving my pick where I picked him against the the Brewers and everything, and even kind of was uh, feeling him a little bit against the Dodgers if they could get hot against Kershaw. So liking that, liking that. Um, but uh, I I love their style of baseball. I was saying this a couple of years ago with how the Cardinals should kind of reassess and reapproach the game with this. Uh, speed and pressure kind of a, an approach to the game uh, with their motto that they've been having, create chaos is their motto, and that's 100% what they're doing. Balls in play, speed, running, fielding. Uh, it's just exciting baseball with Corbin Carroll. Cattell Marte's got some speed. Um, Perdomo's got some speed. Alec Thomas out in center. I mean, they just have an exciting team to watch go get it. Um, And then their pitching staff with uh, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen just absolutely twirling it. Uh, It's been impressive. It was really impressive watching what they did to to the Dodgers. Um, So I'm really hoping they put in a good performance against the the Phillies or the Braves, which is looking more and more like the Phillies. They've got that momentum. Uh, but that should be a very, very exciting series to see what happens. Because they both, if, especially if it's the Phillies, those are both teams that have a lot of uh, a lot of momentum and a lot of excitement. Uh, they're very like emotional teams, which I think that was a very interesting thing about this series with the D-backs and Dodgers. You had a very like emotional, fiery team with the D-backs versus a very stoic team with the Dodgers, and it seemed like they were just kind of flat especially with being absolutely shelled in game one. It's like they didn't have any any punch back, basically. So kudos to the Diamondbacks for putting the nail in the coffin and just running away with it and saying, yeah, we don't care who you are. And that's also a team that in the, in the division that they see so often. Uh, that, you know, they probably have that we're not scared of you kind of mentality. So... Good for them. Uh, it's good to watch them and exciting to watch to watch their team. So, I think there's some things that are universally true about the game of baseball. We've discussed them in the past. You know, the most important defensive player on your team is the guy who's the only one uh, facing the other eight. Right? Um, it's the guy calling the game. And uh, I think Moreno is destined for stardom, especially for people that, you know, are a little bit more old school that love the game and uh, love defense. Uh, He's just solid, just really good. Um, And he feels like one of those guys that's always going to get a big fly, always going to do something in an important moment in a postseason uh, that's going to make a difference. Uh, I, I don't think we can sleep on Fott and what he's done. I think yeah. two starts now. They're the only team. They're, I, I believe they're the only undefeated team in the postseason. Uh, I guess the Philly. No, the Phillies lost one. Uh, they uh, they're five and zero. Oh. You know, Texas. I guess is five and one. Uh, just up and down. You know, they got the they got the young hot. You know, budding superstar and Corbin Carroll. They got a guy like Alex Thomas. Uh, You know, 
Tommy Pham is not my favorite uh, baseball player, but I know you appreciate the heck out of what he does. Um, putting him in in the three hole. I don't even know when he got on the team. He hasn't been on the team all year, right? Um, and so, again, chicken, you know, the chicken and the egg. What came first? Uh, back to back to back to back, first time in the history of the postseason, uh, which, by the way, were all their runs last night. Yeah. So I, That was the final nail. That was the final nail for sure. I particularly mean, they, they, the last they, they, one. Yeah, particularly the last one where uh, Moreno goes down the right field line, yes. thought it was a home run at first, then called, reviewed and called just foul. Very next pitch goes to the deepest part of the park in left center and just an absolute bomb. I'm telling you, it's. Would Texas, Arizona surprise any? I mean, it would surprise everybody in Vegas. Hopefully, there's been so little action that it wouldn't it wouldn't just completely shut down the entire. I mean, we could we could have an uh, an economic meltdown in the state of Nevada, city of Las Vegas, if uh, if everybody. And you know, because anybody who's on those two teams must have got them at just the most ridiculous odds, and we're we're one series for each away from it happening. Now, I like probably most of America will bet the opposite. I'm going to bet the Astros, and if it's the Phillies, the Phillies, and probably hope I'm wrong, but expect to be right. And I just think that's the story of this postseason. Uh, you know, you and I have been, um, you know, talking now all through this postseason about how, and really all through the stretch run to the playoffs, about how, you know, the un, the unusual and unfamiliar position of having our team nowhere near any of this. And, you know, so I've been trying to find ways to enjoy it and in some ways it's allowed me to see a little bit more clearly just how beautiful it is to watch guys that, you know, this is, this is what they were born to do. This is what they love. There's nothing worse for me than a baseball player that looks like he doesn't like playing baseball. In, in the NBA, there's a, it's a very common, it's mostly among, you know, if you're seven foot tall, you know, if you're if you're if you're 14 years old and you're six nine, on your way to being seven two, you're a basketball player. There's there's not you don't have an option. I mean, unless your parents are so far be, so much better than any other, you know, than 95 percent of the rest of the parents in the world. If you got a six nine kid at 14, he's playing basketball. Done. And so there are a number of NBA players that, you know, by just by dint of the fact that they're as big as they are, that are basketball. There's some 325-pound men that are O-linemen in the NFL strictly because they're 320 pounds and they're 6'6", and they, you know, they can run a little bit. So when you're watching the playoffs – because baseball is the, the sport where 
there is no formula. You can be mm-hmm. you can be a six nine. Uh, who's the pitcher that's six nine? I was watching. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say you could have Jordan Alvarez and you can have Ho- Jose Altuve and Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. So like, it can be the same. Yeah, all, it can be a, in, in the the first two cases are on the same team. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely insane. And so, I just I I've enjoyed this and the. The, the the cherry on top of the Sunday would be if somehow Arizona and Texas win their next series and they're facing each other. I don't even know who gets home field in that. I for I it's I, I guess oh, it's Texas, but it's by what a game? Half a game? I don't even know. It's in it's it's in complete insanity, Duncan. And and this is this is why it's it's so great. But it also brings up the fact that the playoffs are different than the regular season. Which we could talk more about this in the offseason, about the format. I still would prefer this particular series to be seven. Uh, you and I talked about that a little bit last time. Maybe they take a few of the regular season games out. Anyway, we've gone long again. I don't know what's going on with us recently, but uh, there's a lot to talk about. It's a, it's a lot of fun, um, which I think leads to longer pods. Some listeners might say longer and more boring, but um, <laughs> but I'm having a good time. So that's oh, yeah. what's most important. Uh, what else you got on, on? You got anything else on D-backs Dodgers? I mean, it's a beatdown. Nothing else really to say, right? Yeah, nothing else on that series in particular. Um, I've got some broader thoughts about the Dodgers generally as kind of like a post-mortem a little bit, uh, but I, we can cover that in a different one. No, um, let's hear it. Give, but us, actually, give us a little bit well, I was gonna of say, what happened. Because who knows? I I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss. I don't know what happened. I, I gave you the two, what I thought were the two biggest stats, the, the, the complete, an utter collapse of both the starters and then the top of the lineup. I mean, you, you, you almost, you statistically could, could not, you almost could not do worse unless you literally went 0 for 16 in three games with the top of the lineup. So that 0 for 16 or 1 for 16, I don't think there's a walk in there either, Duncan. Not good. That's right. just not good. And then the 13 earned with the starters going four and a third. Somebody put a tweet up last night, which these kinds of, this is what, it just makes me chuckle. I mean, God forbid you're on the, you're on the other side of it. It's your team that this is happening to. But they said, Lance Lynn, who just gave up the, the back to back to back to back, uh, has just gone the longest of the three Dodgers starters in this postseason. <laughs> God. <laughs> I was just like, oh, dude, that's so cold and so perfect. But give yeah, us, give us let's, I mean, we spent this much time. Give us a few minutes. We can break this up maybe into two pods. Give us some uh, thoughts on the, the Dodgers. Yeah, well, actually, I was thinking, can we cut here for right now? Oh, yeah. um, and then can we, like, pick it up a little bit tomorrow or something and, yeah. and do another, like, 20? Or Saturday or whatever you want. Okay, sounds good. I'd say we'll have some time before um, we'll finish this one and do the preview for 
the Sunday's games uh, and the CSs and everything on the next one. Yeah, that's fine. It's it is All right. a little bit late. It's nine thirty. All right. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate you. No problem. Talk to you later. Talk to you.